Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Little Studio Comedy Club podcast with your host, Jen Johnson. Hope you guys are all doing well. Hello, comedian Tim Gaither. How are you? I'm good. Good. It's nice to see you again. I haven't seen you in a hot minute. So you were a comedian based in the Midwest. You packed up and you moved out to L.A. And I've been watching a lot of Beverly Hillbillies lately. And in my head, I was like, <laughs> that's just what I envision everyone who packs up and leaves the Midwest and goes to L.A. That's, that's what it looks like to me. That's kind of what they treat you like when you first get there. Is it? Um, yeah, a little bit. But, I, you know, overall, I, I like the weather in California, and lately that's about it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. gotten pretty Twilight zone in uh, California. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because how long has it been since you moved out there? Oh, I've been out there for September will probably be 14 years, oh, 13 years. that long? Yeah. It oh, It goes wow. really fast. Dang. Yeah, because every time I meet someone who's from L.A., like we, we got to meet uh, D.K. Harbor. From Stranger Things and stuff like that. Anytime you meet people from there, it seems like they're like, you guys are so nice here in the Midwest. You're like, you're real and genuine. And yeah. So, do you still run into that in LA? Um, yeah, I think people are almost, they're almost put off by it. They think like you're being fake or something because right. they're not used to people being like genuinely nice. <laughs> sure. Like when they ask, you know, like, how you doing? Like we actually want to know. Right. <laughs> you know, whereas in, you know, there's a lot of people when I first moved out there, I felt like people were always looking over my shoulder, like to see if there was someone more important they could be talking to. Yep. That's the famous <laughs> line. Just always seeing who's coming in the door next. Yeah. You know, so, um, but it, to be fair, I've met a lot of nice people out there as well. Yeah. You know, so. And you've been busy because you have, and at the risk of offending my own children, who I would say is maybe the cutest kid in the entire world. <laughs> I mean, he's adorable. Oh, my boy? Yeah, he's uh, he's something else. And he's learning to talk, which is good and bad, because he's starting to mimic. He's starting to repeat the things his daddy says. <laughs> and I say, some, <laughs> I say some pretty weird things sometimes, and it's pretty cute to hear it coming out of his mouth. I threw a ball over the fence the other day and cussed a little bit, and then he repeated myself, and I'm like, oh, man, it's beginning. Uh-huh. Now, yeah. you posted on Facebook the other day, I just taught my son how to say his middle name. Easily the most satisfying thing I've done in a year. <laughs> so let's start with, what is his middle name? Uh, well, he's got two. It's Earl Colat. His grandpa's name um, was Earl. And Colat is the last name of my favorite wrestler. I grew up wrestling. Yeah. And I'm a huge college and freestyle, like Olympic style wrestling fan. Uh-huh. Um, and he was one of the... United States best, and I just liked the way he wrestled, and he dealt with a lot of personal stuff. But now sometimes I wish I hadn't named him that because people are like, Colette? And I'm like, did I say Colette? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it's Colette. Like, where's the Colette? That's how Carrie Colette's wife told me how to say it. She goes, I've been married to Carrie for 15 years before I knew how to pronounce his name, and he would never correct me. And then someone was like, it's like, where's the Colette? So Colette, K-O-L-A-T. So Micah Earl Colat Gaither, that's his handle. Now, I deal with the same thing because I have a daughter with two middle names, and she's okay. named after 89 Cubs, basically. So okay. she's Grace Ryan Dawson, named after Ryan Sandberg and Andre Dawson. That's awesome. Everybody says Ryan. Oh, Ryan. No, it's not Ryan. It's Ryan. Just R-Y-N-E, Ryan. There's a million little boys named. It's okay. Yeah. But she, I found out the other day in school, they were talking about where they got their names and where they came from. And I said, oh, did you tell everybody, you know, where you came from? She's like, oh, I didn't tell them the middle names. That's too embarrassing. I'm like, (laughs) come on. That's how you're going to weed out the guys when you get older. If they don't know the 89 Cubs, it'll make no sense to them. And that's how you know. Yeah. No, I love that name. That's awesome. One of my favorite nieces is named Grace. Gracie is what we call her. But yeah, I love it. Cool. 
Uh, another thing off your Facebook, uh, there's a picture of you. It says, a run in the country sounds good until a dog bites your ass. <laughs> Pretty nasty injury there on the yeah, leg. Yeah, you can see it if oh, you Oh, don't want. show me now. Well, oh. it's, it's pretty cleared up, but oh, he uh, he got me with every tooth in his head. I was running in the country. I was working at the Little Rock Looney Bin, and my aunt lives about 30 minutes away, so I was visiting, and I was like, I'm going to go for a little jog, and there was like this pack of dogs, and I was thinking to myself, you know, don't show fear, and then and then <laughs> and then I'm running past this pack of dogs, and then I think to myself, as soon as I have the thought, he's gonna think you're running from him, and he's gonna bite you. Yeah. And as soon as I had that thought, I felt this searing hot pain on my leg, and I looked down, and fortunately I had these pants on, and it didn't break the, it didn't put a hole in the pants, even though it put a hole in my leg, which That's is weird. weird. Yeah. And then I got all paranoid, and I did go to the doctor, and she's like, yeah, I looked it up, and no one's gotten rabies from a dog since, like, 1940 or something. <laughs> so, so you're probably fine. And you're probably not the yeah, first. That made me feel better, but there for a while I was like, you know, because I, I trusted the guy who was like, he's had all his shots and all that stuff. I'm like, okay. You know, people on Facebook were like, you need to sue that guy. And I'm like, I'm not trying to ruin this man's life. Right. <laughs> Because this stupid dog bit me. But then I did start to get paranoid. Like, what am I going to wake up foaming at the mouth and all that kind of thing? We had another comedian that was supposed to come in and do the show last week. He couldn't because he got bit by a brown recluse. He's in the hospital. Oh, we'll see. Yes. Yeah. He actually came down to uh, the Comedy Club of Kansas City and told me that. And uh, So he's good enough to come see you, just not good enough to come see me. (laughs) No, that makes a lot more sense. He had trouble getting off the couch, if that makes you feel better. But. (laughs) <laughs> it does. <laughs> it actually does. Yeah, I guess it almost freaking killed him. Wow. So, okay, you mentioned the wrestling. So did that help? Do you have wrestling skills to fight off dogs then at that point? What kind of shape are you still in? I'm in decent shape for my age, for 45, but uh, I was a good wrestler. It's just been a long time. You, know. you weren't just a good wrestler. We can brag on you a little bit. You were state champion, like undefeated, and you beat everyone in the entire world is what I've read, <laughs> I think. Um, I was an undefeated state champion my senior year of high school. I wrestled a couple years in college. But once you get to college, you realize, as proud as I am of that state title, you realize it's not that big a deal. Uh-huh. Like, not when you get to college. It's not. If anything, it's like, you know, people want to kill you because... It's just another state champ they beat or whatever. Right. But everyone's good in college. Yeah. You know, so like. I played college basketball. And okay. I, so now I have two daughters and they are in the phase where they're starting to play sports. So volleyball, basketball, track, they're kind of trying everything. And I'm super competitive. And so I have these moments where I'm watching them. Like she just had a track meet a couple weeks ago and she got first place in this one relay and third place in triple jump. And I started thinking ahead to those moments of like, who cares if she got like, does it really matter that you got first place in a fifth grade track meet? Why am I freaking out about this? Yeah. You're not gonna, are you going to remember that at 19? And does it really matter? But it does. I still want her to win. Yeah. Yeah. It, it totally does. You know, I started when I was seven and, you know, winning and losing was like life and death for me and all that. But now that I'm older and I have my own son that I hope wants to wrestle, but I know that sport's not for everyone. Sure. It's just not. So I'm not going to push him into it or anything but it's one of the few things i know a fair amount about Mm -hmm. so i would like to you know but at the same time i don't want him thinking that if he doesn't win a state title at eight that i don't love him as much which is kind of how i felt you know like not to knock my own father he he did the best he could and everything but i did feel way too much pressure at way too young of an age sure and then you get older and you realize like Nobody cares if you were the best eight-year-old in the state. You know, like, it's just not that big a deal. But tell that to an eight-year-old. Right. You know, at the time. It's so hard as a parent because you're watching them and you do, you want them to 
be so good and you really have to step back and go, ah, she's 10. Yeah. She's probably going to miss a layup <laughs> and that's totally going to be Are okay. they really tall too? Uh, yeah. We measured them yesterday, actually. this My sixth grader is 5'5", five five, and my fifth grader just hit five foot. So she probably will hit a little more of a growth spurt. But. Yeah, I'm like 5'7", in really good shoes. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I've been this height since seventh grade. Like, I was the tallest in seventh grade, and yeah. then I came back for eighth grade, and everyone else got a little taller, and I'm like, all right. And then, yeah, it just never got any better. In eighth grade, I wrestled 135, and my senior high school, I wrestled 140. Mm-hmm. I remember weighing 135. Yeah. That yeah. was that was a minute ago. <laughs> so you're out in L.A. now. Are you running into celebrities? Are you keeping busy? What's going on out there? You know, I haven't been down to, uh, we bought a, ho- a house in uh, Torrent, or a, it's actually called Lomita, but it's right down by Redondo Beach. So it's about 20 miles from Hollywood, and I haven't been down there since all this started. I haven't oh, been down yeah. there since like March of last year. Sure. Yeah, and I've heard it's just gross but the comedy store just opened back up a couple weeks ago um i've been sitting my in my veils there i'm not sure when the comedy magic club is going to open or the laugh factory any of that stuff i have gone on the road probably once a month every two months since the pandemic Mm -hmm. but i haven't obviously worked near as much as i used to yeah we talked to one guy who said he had had two shows last year when you know you'd normally be doing 300 yeah yeah so quite a drop off but when i have gone on stage I've been a little nervous, like, am I going to remember my stuff? But I always do. And if anything, it's maybe a little more fun. And mm-hmm. it's amazing how you don't forget the stuff you think you're going to forget. It just keeps coming out the way it's supposed to. And you're like, oh, all right, that's that's right. Okay. You know, so it's like I'm getting to see the show, too. So how did that get started <laughs> for you? So you're a state champion wrestler. I assume that's where your focus is, high school, college. How do you get from that to stand-up comedy? I was in college, and I wrestled for two years, and then I went to K-State. I was tired of cutting weight and, and all that stuff, and my heart just wasn't really in wrestling. And I wish I would have just sucked it up for two more years because I just paid off my student loans like a year ago. Yep. <laughs> and that was for two years. <laughs> right. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, you're better, you know, people are like, not to get all political, but people are like, you know, we should do away with student loans. And I'm like, no, they just need to make it easier to pay back. You're better off the way it is. You're better off borrowing money from the mafia Mm -hmm. than the federal government because they'll hit you with more fees and fines and crap. So it took me forever to pay off. But my point is, um, I was in college. I went to K-State to graduate. And um, I had like one semester before I went into the School of Education and I was starting to have a lot of anxiety about becoming a teacher and a wrestling coach. I just always said that's what I was going to do, but I knew that's not what I was going to do. Gotcha. And so I was starting to have a lot of anxiety about it. And then I did this thing called teacher aiding, and I realized I do not want to be a teacher. <laughs> it was all these middle school kids, and uh-huh. I was like, this is a nightmare. Like, yeah. I was like 23, like trying to help them cheat. I'm like, I am not going to be a good teacher. <laughs> You know, like the group of kids that like the slower kids or whatever in this game they were playing. I'm like 1863, you know, like and that's when I realized like, dude, you can't help them cheat and then go be a teacher. What are you doing? So I was having all this anxiety. And then a friend of mine, I went to her house and she was like, you need to listen to this uh, Bill Hicks CD. And we listened to Bill Hicks and and I laughed my tail off. And after it was over, I walked home and I thought to myself, that is the funniest guy I've ever heard, and I've never heard of him, which means I could do that for a living even if I never got famous. I used to get nervous, so nervous before I went to school that I would get sick in the morning, up until like high school. Really? Yeah, and uh, 
But for some reason, I just knew that I could do stand-up. I knew I could learn how to do it. So the very next day, I went to my counselor, and I was like, I don't want to be a teacher. I want to be a stand-up comedian, <laughs> but I have all these credits, so I might as well get a degree. What's the quickest degree I can get? And she looked at me like I was crazy, and then she punched up on her computer, and she was like, well, you could have a social science degree next semester. And I was like, that sounds good. You know, I'll take one of those. Yeah. You know, I was like, what can I do with that? And there, she's like, I don't know, basically just... Any degree, really, unless you're specializing in something, just proves that you're trainable. Right. So that's what she told me. And I was like, all right, well, I'll do comedy for two years. And if it doesn't look like I'm getting any better or whatever, then I'll just get a job. And it'll be an interesting story for employers that are like, what the hell have you been doing for two years? <laughs> I'll just tell them I tried to be a stand-up comedian. It didn't work out. And here I am. But right at the two-year mark, I was making a few hundred bucks a week hosting and emceeing. It was averaging out to where I was making a few hundred bucks a week. So... When the restaurant I worked at closed, I just never got another job. And that's been, it'll be 22 years in, no, it'll be 21 years in January since I've had any other job. That's incredible, really. Yeah, thanks. You know, I, I have to try to remind myself to be proud of that and mm -hmm. be happy with that because I haven't done anything else for money for over 20 years. And that in itself is a victory. But, you know, we get so caught up in like being famous or your social media numbers right. or any of that crap. And I'm not a huge social media guy, and my favorite comics when I was younger, I always wondered, like, what they were about. Mm -hmm. You didn't know everything about them like you do now, you yeah. know? And I like that. I like that mystery, the air of mystery. Like, I wonder what this guy thinks about so-and-so without them talking about it constantly. Or right. Or social media, you know, like, oh, here's every detail of my life. Like, uh, I don't necessarily want to know that. It's a necessary evil, which kind of sucks, because in my opinion, a lot of people get into comedy now who aren't that good at comedy, uh -huh. but they're really good at that computer. You right. Know, they're really good on social media. They can make a great Insta story. Yeah. And that's been, that's been a problem now for a while, but maybe I'm old and jaded now or something, but I think it's kind of watered down the quality of stand-up comedy. Yeah, I can see that. I really do. You talking about that brought up, there was a quote, I think it was Aisha Tyler in one of her books that talked about how you think it's about achieving some level of fame. Like, oh, I'm going to hit this moment where it's going to be like, yeah, this is the moment. This is the moment. And you don't hit, it's about the journey. It yeah. really is. Like, you know, when you get to be in entertainment industry, it's really about that ride on the way there. And I think once you figure that out, it's like, oh yeah, no, this is pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, I've had those. You know, like not too long ago, I was headlining the Laugh Factory inside the Tropicana Hotel, and Andrew Dice Clay had a show. At, he was like doing the midnight show or something. So it's a pretty big green room, and I'm in there, and Andrew Dice Clay is in there, and Carl LeBove, who you may not have heard of, but he was one of the best comedians ever. He was in there, and uh, he passed away recently. But I was in there with all these people, and I was just thinking how cool it was, mm -hmm. you know, that there's Andrew Dice Clay. You know, he was on the HBO Young Comedian special that I watched when I was like 11 or 12 that planted the seed for what I was eventually going to do. Right. And there he is. And, uh, you know, I talked to him a little bit, but those kind of moments are just like, this is pretty surreal and you should take time to appreciate it, you know, and think to yourself how cool this is instead of beating yourself up about not doing this or that or, right. or whatever. Soak it in. Yeah. Uh, switching topics. So I've seen you mention a couple of different movies across social media. You talked about Vision Quest, A Christmas Story. <laughs> what movies or TV shows do you love? Do you make you cry? What's in the repertoire? What are you always going to watch? Or maybe now that you got a little boy, maybe he's want making you watch things. You know, I cannot wait until he's old enough to understand Rocky. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um 
that movie shaped me quite a bit when I was younger. Uh-huh. My brother and I wrestled every weekend. We would like rent a different Rocky movie. I'm sure my parents were just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> another Rocky movie, really? You, right. you know, I know every line of every movie, every Rocky movie. I could probably do every character's line, mm-hmm. which is kind of sad. But but as far as watching anything these days, I don't watch anything on a regular basis. Yeah. I just don't. Even during the pandemic, because a lot of people said when they were bored, stuck at home, whatever, they went back to some old shows, rewatched everything. Well, I do listen to something. Um, I don't know if people think it's a conspiracy or whatever, but I do listen to something called X-22 Report. Okay. Um, if you go to x22report.com, it's just X, number 22, and then report.com. It's pretty eye-opening about things that are going on, at least in this guy's opinion, behind the scenes. And about what's going on in our world and uh and it makes it makes quite a bit of sense. Yeah. You know, I've I've I can't stand the term conspiracy theory anymore because that term was coined in like the 50s by the CIA to dissuade people from thinking for themselves basically. Like mm-hmm. if you had a f- questions about official narratives, people were like, "Ah, you're a conspiracy theorist." Right. Like not necessarily. I just don't think this makes sense, and I'd like to know why. Oh, that's a conspiracy. And they just bl- brush it off yeah. about so many topics. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I, I listen to that almost every day. But other than that, I don't, I don't have a go-to. There's this one detective show that I saw a couple years ago that I loved, and I can never remember the name of it. But there was this red-headed lady and this tall dude, and there were partners, something about hard to kill or something <laughs> like that. But it wasn't hard to kill that old Cheesy Steven Seagal business. But I got I can never nothing, think of Joey. It. Yeah. Redhead, tall, no, Not nothing. Sure. <laughs> I'm uh, like, what? I spelled it out for you. There's a tall guy and a redhead. <laughs> uh, another post from yours on Facebook. You ever weigh yourself? Think that that can't be right? Step back on, weigh even more, and wish you had the first one back? Happened to me yesterday. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It, it's, uh, you know, I guess from wrestling for so long. And then when I was 35, I quit drinking. So I did get in pretty good shape for a while, so I started weighing myself all the time. So, yeah, I think that'll probably be with me the rest of my life. Yeah, I would think that'd be really hard with wrestling because you, you probably got weighed multiple times a day even. Yeah, it's the one aspect of the sport that I'm glad they've kind of gotten away from. Like, people don't cut weight near as much as they used to. Mm-hmm. It used to be like a rite of passage, you know, like we would lose so much weight and in such an unhealthy way. Yeah. And then we'd go eat McDonald's and, you know, just... Now, how would you lose that weight? I. <laughs> how would one say lose fifteen pounds quickly? Um, Can I do that in a somewhat healthy way? Is there? Nah, I don't know if there's a healthy way to do it no. super quickly. There's um, not. I've tried. Yeah, we used to do some ridiculous things: saunas and plastics in saunas, and right, just sweat it out. Yeah, push-ups. One time, my my senior year, I broke my foot, and to lose weight, I had to go to the sauna and just do like push-ups because I had a broken foot and I mm-hmm. had to, so we put a lot of tape on it and, but yeah. I felt very out of shape yesterday. My kids had their talent show at school and they were telling me about, oh, this kid played the piano and this little girl did this. And they said, mom, there's a kindergartner that did 300 sit-ups in one minute or three what? minutes or something ridiculous. And I'm like, oh yeah, her dad's military. That makes total sense. And huh. I said, did she just look like this? And I'm, you know, giving examples. And I'm like, yeah, five-year-old girl doing 300 <laughs> sit-ups and I struggled to get up and walk to the bathroom this morning. So I, that's... <laughs> yeah, the last couple of days, every time I get up and my whole leg, just everything in it pops. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Now, besides the dog bite, what injuries have you accrued through the years? Well, I broke my foot my senior year. I broke my hand when I was a freshman. That's it. I've been pretty fortunate. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. I got a torn ACL. 
Oh the yeah. Scar. I still got the nice zipper going. My brother did that. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Not yeah. fun. He was at this track, and he's a great runner. He used to be, and he was running, and this guy stopped him because he saw him stretching or something, and he was like, "Hey, you're stretching wrong." And the guy was some sort of guy that should know how to stretch. So he told my brother this different stretch. And then he did that. And within no time, he tore his ACL. Like, so never do something. Never quit doing something you've been doing for years if it's working for you. No. Yeah. No, never Some jackass is going to come along. (laughs) Yeah, this way. This will be fine. (laughs) So pre-pandemic, and hopefully soon, you'll be traveling all over. I know you're in Vegas a ton, all over. What are your favorite places in the U.S.? Like, where do you... Love to visit. What do you like to see? I'm going to uh, Hyenas in Fort Worth, Texas at the end of the month. That's one of my favorite rooms. There's one in Dallas and one in Fort Worth. They had one in Plano, but they had to close that one because of the whole thing. And um, So I love going there. Ohio is one of my favorite places to do stand-up. It's just great for some reason. Arizona is one of my favorite places as well. And I do love Kansas City, not mm-hmm. just because it's my hometown, but crowds here are usually pretty good. And It was kind of sad coming down here this morning because I used to come down here this is the route I took to go because we're in the same building that the Westport Stanford's was in. Yes. Yeah. And now those guys are all passed away. Yeah. And that club is long gone. And but it was one of the best rooms ever. It had that black and white check stage. And did you go to that room? Yes. Oh, and my gosh. I, the other day we were talking about how many different incarnations of Stanford's have you been to? Yeah. I mean, at least five. Yeah. <laughs> there's been four or five. And, yeah. And they're all gone now. And it's just super sad. But, but yeah, that's so at the end of the month, January 28th, January. Good Lord, Gaither. Uh, May 28 and 29, I will be at Hyenas. And then in the middle of June, I've got Oklahoma City Looney Bin and Wichita Looney Bin. And it's, you know, just a smattering of things throughout the year, but it's slowly coming back a little. Getting back to it. Yeah. I saw a picture of you and your son looking out the window, and you said he was waiting for the trash truck. <laughs> just staring longingly, waiting for him to come by. Yeah. Is that still a thing? Is that a favorite? He doesn't get as fired up about it. <laughs> But he did for a while, you know, and that was he wasn't really talking then. It's weird how they just start talking one day like he's talking sentences now uh-huh. and, and he repeats me, which is cool. Like lately, my thing is I'll tell him to do something and I'll go say, OK, daddy. OK, daddy. And he doesn't know <laughs> what he's saying. OK, too. Uh-huh. You know, but I just figure that keep doing that. And uh, I say a little prayer with him every morning and I'll go say amen. Go, amen. And it's the cutest <laughs> freaking thing ever. And you, I think you'll find that as he gets older, they do that. Where all of a sudden you're like, okay, now he talks. Later, you're like, now he reads? What, that happened? Yeah. And now my middle schooler for the first time, because I love my girls. We were, you know, we're best friends and mother-daughter. And then all of a sudden she hit middle school. And, like, it turned. And you're like, now you're slamming doors and storm. <laughs> Why? No. But it doesn't. Everyone warned me. Everyone, everything they tell you about, like, middle school and then high school, like, everything is so true and accurate. Yeah. But you're like, but no, you're my... I could see in the profile, you're my baby that I held. <laughs> Why are you storming out of the room now? But it yeah. just happened. It's just one day. And now, yeah. And now all of a sudden she's 5'5 five, five and beautiful. And I can't let her out of my sight because I, I don't know. trust people. I know. People are always like, when are you going to have another one? I'm like, I think I'm good. Yeah. You know, like I would love to have a daughter. I've heard nothing but great things from my buddies from high school who have daughters. But I don't know if they're just trying to trick me. <laughs> you know, They are. They're like, no, nah, you're screwed too. <laughs> No, one seems good. Yeah, he's he's a lot of work, but uh, I love him to pieces. But sometimes it's so much work that I look at my wife and I'm like, do you want another one of these? Mm-hmm. You know, do you, you want to double what we're doing right now? Yeah. Because when, when you don't have a child and you hear people say how much work it is, in your head as someone who doesn't have a kid, you're thinking, at least I did, well, how much work can it be? Right. I see you know? people all over doing it. 
yeah, it can't be that hard. And then you have one, and especially if you're trying to do it right without just putting a device in their face all the time or yeah. whatever, it is a lot of work. Or turning on the TV, we don't, he watches some TV, but not a lot. And But you see how appealing it is, or I don't know if that's the right word, but like to just turn it on because it is so like they just zone in on it. Mm-hmm. But I've also noticed that he has way less fits when we don't let him watch TV. Oh. So there's all these things. And we listen to this guy, Gabor Matei, this uh, child psychologist. And, and we did a couple of the things that he said in one of these videos. And he quit having tantrums, like, almost immediately. Really? Yeah, just, like, validating their feelings, you know, not being like, you know, you don't want to be like, there's nothing to cry about, you know. Because right. in his eyes, there's everything to cry about. Yes. So when you say, there's nothing to cry about, it makes him feel like his feelings aren't important. You right. know, which sounds kind of new agey or whatever, but it makes sense. No, that was one of the first things I heard because I'm a total crier and I cry when I'm happy, sad. It doesn't matter. Like me too. every emotion just comes out to me in, yeah. in crying. So I never, ever will tell my girls like, you can't cry about that because something like, mm, nope, they know better. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. then coaching basketball this year, I learned we're not the only ones. And there was never once a practice or a game where we didn't have a girl on the team crying, whether yeah. it was because she missed the basket or she's sad because we lost in overtime. Never once. And I'm like, ooh, yeah, now this seems like a lot of crying yes yeah. basketball it's, <laughs> even for me this is a lot of yeah i'm a crier too man I, I can't like you said i get fired up i'll cry if i'm happy or sad or mad or or whatever and, you know i don't know how how many guys will admit that but yeah i'm a total baby i'm gonna let you go to our bucket of random questions here hopefully you okay. don't get because there is a question about crying in there so we've covered that <laughs> there's all sorts of things right in here to the top here if I handed you $25,000 right now, what would you do with it? Oh. Good Lord, what would I do with it? That's um, not enough to set you up for life, but that's enough to give you a little gift. I mean, 25, that's a decent amount. Yeah, I would probably put half in, uh, I'm like a, a pretty, um, what's the word when you, pragmatic person. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't do anything probably crazy with it. I'd probably put it in some kind of fun for it to grow. Yeah. You know, whether it's an investment or uh, buy some Bitcoin or something, maybe. You're going cryptocurrency? I don't don't understand that at all. I don't understand anything about Bitcoin. My father-in-law tries to explain it to me, and I feel so stupid (laughs) listening to him. Because in my head, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Can I give you some money and you buy that for me? And then tell me how much it's growing. You know, like other than that, I got nothing. I, Do I hand you paper money and it comes back to me like air? How does that work? Yeah, it's a very confusing deal for me. And uh, I think I should have been born in a different era. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not about any of this stuff. You and I are very similar. Yeah. Do you, are you on TikTok? Because that, to me, I go like cryptocurrency, TikTok, like all that stuff. I, nothing. I've got nothing there. You know, I think I am on TikTok, but I've like, Literally never put anything. I have one video that I think I put on TikTok where it was uh, me and my son, and I did like this whole Rocky thing, you know, like, you're a tank kid. You're a greasy, fast, 200-pound Italian monster. Go through him, run over him. And he thought that was, the first time I did it, I've never heard him laugh so hard in my life. Yeah. And sometimes he just, the things he laughs at, Brings me a lot of pleasure. Like yesterday, I went out to my dad's, and he had this big dog that kept jumping up on us. And I go, beat it, mutt. And he thought that was the funniest thing. For some reason, just those words combined, he it just killed him. So yeah. he kept repeating it, and uh, it was a lot of fun for me. So, yeah. I had a moment where my, I don't know how little she was, one of my daughter's socks. Just saying socks and, like, throwing <laughs> little socks at her. <laughs> hours, hours of entertainment. Yeah, socks. you know Elliot 3, right? No. Oh, yes, yes, okay, yes, yeah. I do. 
great comedian from Kansas City. He's got this. Uh, he's got this bit about the uh, Japanese alphabet having like three thousand symbols and all this stuff. You know, uh-huh. we've got twenty six letters, and he's like, he was talking about having like Wheel of Fortune in Japan. He's like, no hukudada, no haki. And when I would do that to my son, he thought it was the funniest thing ever. And I sent a video to it to Elliot, and he's like, oh, that made my year. That's fantastic. Yeah. Comedian Tim Gaither, so you're keeping busy getting back into the comedy shows. You got anything else coming up this year? You doing a big fancy TV show yet, movies? No, but I'm trying to transition to where I'm doing mainly small theaters. Mm-hmm. And my podcast is starting to do pretty well. It's called The Positive Pessimist, and it's on SoundCloud, and it's on YouTube. I just did a really good interview with Bill Kinison, Sam Kinison's brother. Oh, and cool. Yeah, it was cool because I had just lost my brother and he's lost three brothers and he made me cry at the end of it. And I was like, I'm just going to leave it in there. It's what happens. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I've, I've been doing a lot more of those and, and having high level wrestlers on there and uh, just having a variety of things and cutting out some stand up clips, especially like crowd work that you're never going to be able to replicate. You right. Know? Um, so there's all kinds of stuff. If you go to uh, youtube.com slash Tim Gaither or The Positive Pessimist, you'll find it. I was jealous. I was going through some of your stuff online, and I saw you on the Kevin Nealon show, and I'm like, man, I love Kevin Nealon. I, anything, growing up Saturday Night Live was a big deal to me. You yeah. know, I always wanted to be on SNL, and that was so cool. And then I actually got to meet Kevin Nealon. I met Tim Meadows and some other guys. Couldn't have been nicer. But yeah. I was like, oh, man, I want to be on the Kevin Nealon show. Good for you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they're doing those interviews anymore down at the Laugh Factory, but, I mean, they're not doing anything down there right now. But, yeah, that was a lot of fun. He's a good guy. I wish you continued success. I know the podcast is doing really well and seem like you're keeping busy. And, look, you don't even need anything other than stand-up. Look at you for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see how long it continues. That's another thing about with having a, a small son. I, I have to pick and choose what I want to do. You know, I used to never turn down anything, and now I'm like, eh. Yeah. You no, know, I'm a little choosier about it because I hate being away from him. Yeah. And, and they they change so much, you know, at this age in such a short time. It won't be long. He'll be easy to travel with. And then that'll be super cool because you can yeah. show him all the things you love and that'll be fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and even if he doesn't want to wrestle, I hope he's into it enough to just like go to, you know, the U.S. Open and stuff like that and just watch it and enjoy with me, you know. But yeah, he's great. Cool. I appreciate you having me in here. Thanks for coming by, Tim Gaither, comedian. We'll get all those links and everything posted so you guys can check out his podcast and all his other good stuff. We appreciate you listening. Thanks. Thanks, guys.